Hello, you're listening to Bite-Sized Medicine, a podcast where the episodes are bite-sized in length and the medicine is about food. My name is Kelsey. I'm Sarah. And I'm Katie. We are medical and dietetic students from The Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. Our goal is to make evidence-based nutrition counseling easier for busy healthcare providers and students. These discussions are our own and are not endorsed by any organization or university, and they are not intended to be used in place of medical advice. Let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about gluten. I was diagnosed with celiac disease in the middle of my second year of medical school. I had all the right predispositions. Genetic susceptibility and constantly high stress levels led to a leaky gut and the transposition of gluten, allowing my immune system to recognize it as foreign and from then on persistently attack it. After being sick for only three months, I went to my physician to assess why all of a sudden my GI symptoms and extreme fatigue had become so profound. Following some blood tests and a difficult endoscopic biopsy, my diagnosis was confirmed. The journey continued with her physician advising her to avoid wheat, rye, and barley, and leaving it at that. It was only when Sarah sought out a dietitian herself that she began to fully understand the scope of what her diagnosis meant. She would now investigate every single item that she put in or near her mouth, including lipstick. Furthermore, the battle of hidden gluten, or parts of common packaged foods that aren't labeled as containing gluten but could, such as maltodextrin, dextrin, caramel color, and modified food starch, has frustrated Sarah and her friends and family members for now nearly three years. Not to mention the social phobia and anxiety that Sarah dealt with initially as another component of this difficult disease that anyone with some type of dietary restriction may experience and certainly something for everyone to acknowledge and accommodate. So let's get back and remember what is celiac disease. Well, celiac disease is a chronic, small intestinal, immune-mediated enteropathy precipitated by exposure to dietary gluten in genetically susceptible individuals. It leads to multiple nutritional deficiencies involving macro and micronutrients. Currently, medical nutrition therapy consisting of a gluten-free diet is the only accepted treatment. Celiac disease is diagnosed by a combination of blood tests followed by endoscopy and biopsy. If the diagnostic tests do not confirm celiac disease, it is possible that the symptoms are related to non-celiac gluten sensitivity or a wheat allergy. These are important to distinguish. Celiac is immune-mediated via antibodies, while a true wheat allergy is IgE-mediated. Non-celiac gluten sensitivity is another entity which isn't well understood, but may be related to other parts of the wheat or gluten molecule. Unfortunately, at this time, no tests are available in routine clinical practice to diagnose non-celiac gluten sensitivity. An IgE-mediated wheat allergy may be detected on traditional allergy testing. Exactly. For those with wheat allergy or non-celiac gluten sensitivity, you may only need to avoid wheat-based items. However, if you have celiac disease, you need to avoid both wheat and wheat-based products, as well as barley, rye, non-gluten-free oats, and all of their various byproducts. That is why a lot of the education done by registered dietitians involves identifying and avoiding hidden sources of gluten, as well as teaching patients and their families how to expertly avoid cross-contamination. Even a single crumb can make a person with celiac disease feel ill. Therefore, patients have to use separate cooking utensils and maintain clean workspaces to prevent cross-contamination. Of course, the gluten-free diet has also become a fad, but it is important to remember that it's also a prescription for some people who have a true medical disease. Hmm. 
So is there evidence on the gluten-free diet as a way of losing weight? Actually, Kelsey, the gluten-free diet has been shown in numerous ways to essentially be equal to or even less nutritious than a normal diet. Foods which have been crafted to replace the gluten-type components with alternatives generally contain less protein, are not enriched with vitamins as our typical wheat flours are, and also typically contain less fiber, which is really important for a healthy diet and lifestyle. In Canada, they found a statistically significant nutritional difference between gluten-containing and gluten-free cereals, breads, flours, and pastas. The latter contained 1.3 times more fat, 55% less iron, 44% less folate, and 36% less protein than their counterparts. Even worse, they are expensive. These gluten-free packaged alternatives were found in one study to cost 206 to 267% higher than their gluten-containing counterparts. Yikes. Finally, in case you or your patients still don't believe us, a recent study published in December 2018 by Teach et al. matched gluten-free and gluten-containing meals on the MyPlate program to evaluate them for nutri nutrient content. They also conducted a meta-analysis of seven studies comparing information on the nutrient intakes of adults with celiac disease following a gluten-free diet compared to control subjects eating a gluten-containing diet. They found some important facts. First, gluten-free menus were significantly lower in protein, magnesium, potassium, vitamin E, folate, and sodium, with statistically suggestive trends towards lower calcium and higher fat. Also, consuming a gluten-free diet was associated with higher energy and fat intakes and lower fiber and folate intakes compared to controls. After adjusting for heterogeneity and accounting for the large mean effect size, the lower fiber remains statistically significant. The only positive found was that a gluten-free diet was lower in sodium intake, which could be beneficial for some patients, but would be better addressed by specifically focusing on sodium intake and not on gluten itself. In reality, a gluten-free diet rich in vegetables, fruits, lean proteins, low-fat dairy, eggs, and some gluten-free grains is probably healthier than many typical Western diets. But the gluten-free part of the diet is not why it's healthier. Most people who lose weight with the gluten-free diet probably increase their intake of fruits, veggies, and other foods that are naturally lower in calories, hence the desired weight loss. If you have further interest in this topic, there is a podcast called Freakonomics, which did an entire episode called The Demonization of Gluten, which goes into the history and discovery of celiac disease and about gluten as well. So what should we take away from this discussion? When making big dietary changes, especially for celiac disease, cross-contamination and social eating challenges are a big part of what goes into teaching patients and their family about eating gluten-free. Dietitians are the best resource when it comes to this type of education. Again, the gluten-free diet is not necessarily healthier. It generally seems to contain more fat and calories and also has less fiber as well as less sodium. As always, the ideal diet is rich in vegetables, fruits, lean proteins, low-fat dairy, eggs, and for those who need it, gluten-free grains. For many people, it is easier to cut out processed foods from their diets rather than trying to figure out what may or may not contain gluten. This is, as always, the patient's choice and is not necessarily better. Consider referring to a registered dietitian to help patients decide what is going to work best for them. Thanks for listening. And be sure to check out the episode notes for more information, including our references and additional resources. We'd like to acknowledge the professors and lecturers on these topics at The Ohio State University College of Medicine and our media and technical specialist, Phil Wachowiak. 
We would also like to thank our audio editor, Roy Gowdy, and recognize the Innovation Studio at the Ohio State College of Nursing for their support. That's today's taste of bite-sized medicine.